You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, week four rundown. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season, and it's hit. The coronavirus, the COVID, is pushing back the Steelers-Titans game to Monday night, so don't play any of those players on the main slate, obviously, just to get that out of the way. Also, on Thrive Fantasy, you can type in the promo code PAT and you will get a $20 deposit bonus when you deposit. I've been playing in the contest over there and it's actually, you know, it's becoming kind of my favorite. Um, I think the, you know, the prop lines are very inefficient and what they do on Thrive is instead of picking players, you pick over and unders on on different props from players uh, and set a lineup of basically prop bets, which you know, I've been having a lot of fun doing it. So go over there, use my promo code Pat, and you will get a bonus when you deposit. So let's get into the main slate. Um, It's Wednesday, so this one's a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, I have all my research done for my 4 for 4 cash game article. Pretty much have the article written. uh, So I do know exactly who I'm considering for cash games. I think this week, you know, the last couple of weeks, I really couldn't find a cheap quarterback. I thought that it was pretty thin below like 6,500, um, which is why, you know, we were on Kyler Murray the last two weeks. However, I think this week it is definitely plausible to play Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is going to Seattle. I mean, He's put up 25-plus fantasy points in the last two weeks against the Jaguars and the Bills. You know, not, you know, nothing to scoff at there, um, especially the Bills. But Seattle's just been absolutely torched by pretty good quarterbacks, um, but their defense just does not look good. I could see this game really having a lot of points, and obviously Russ is in play as well, but Fitzpatrick, you know, at, at basically $2,500 less, he provides the same rushing upside that we look for in quarterbacks. Like, he has 60 yards and a touchdown across three games so far. So, you know, he's basically tacking on an average of a passing touchdown per week just in rushing points, um, in rushing fantasy points. So I think he is definitely um, in consideration if you are paying down. Joe Burrow, I think, is absolutely playable at 6,300. Here's the thing with Burrow. I mean, they, they're they not treating him with kid gloves. They have let him rip. He's thrown um, 44 passes last week, 61 passes the week before that. He's running the ball. You know, he has the same 60 yards and a touchdown that Fitzpatrick has for three weeks. Um, and he's, he's looked pretty good. He's only turned the ball over once um, <clears throat> in terms of interceptions. So I think Burrow, you know, it's a little bit of a pace down game for him. Um <clears throat> So, a little bit concerning, but I mean, man, the running game has not been effective. They can't block for the running game. Mixon's not going anywhere. They have really resorted to the air, and I think this game has sneaky points in it as well. And then, I mean, once you get to the top, like, I wouldn't fault anybody for playing 
any of the top five or six guys, right? Like, obviously, Lamar, we know what he could do. Uh, Russ is a beast. He, they're, they're letting him cook. Um, Mahomes does have a pretty difficult matchup, but he's matchup proof. They're home. I could see him hitting value. You know, Josh Allen's been unbelievable. Dak's been great. And Kyler Murray, same thing. I mean, he has a, a Cardinals, or excuse me, a Panthers team that is really, really struggling to to play defense despite having some success against Herbert last week. So any of those top six guys, I wouldn't fault anybody at playing. I know that's kind of taken the easy way out, breaking that down. My favorite's probably Russ. Um but any of those top guys are for sure uh, in play. And then Burrow and Fitzpatrick, if you are trying to save a little bit. At running back, I just think that we go, we, we slot in Alvin Kamara. It's obvious that he is not injured anymore. He looked banged up last year. He's just a beast now. He is being targeted like a wide receiver one. He has 27 targets through three games. You know, you can't scoff at nine targets a game. And then he's adding about 10 carries a game and they're you know they're useful they are high quality tar- uh, carries in the red zone so Kamara just fire him up against the Lions he'll probably just I mean we saw Aaron Jones who is in the same ilk you know a really good receiver running backs like a slash type player just absolutely destroy them I could see that happening with Kamara as well I mean the guys the guys above uh, or excuse me, just below Kamara. Like Zeke's playable, but I don't know if we can play two expensive running backs this week. Um, Dalvin Cook's playable as well, but he just doesn't get the volume. I know he had 20 carries last week, uh, but I don't know. I think we're going to see more of the 12 and 14 type carry games that we saw in the first two weeks. From there, I mean, I think we could take a a, a look at James Robinson. He's been getting a a ton of work. Um, You know, he is, he has 43 carries through three games, um, three touchdowns. So the thing with that is um, the Bengals are really a run funnel defense. Uh, Defenses have, have been, or excuse me, offenses have been running the ball over the Bengals and actually not been really throwing the ball too much. Um, and that could be just a case the Bengals are just getting beat up a little bit, and that is the way that offenses are choosing to attack them, not necessarily because they're weak there, but just because that's the way the game script is going. Then I really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, man. He gets a he gets the, the Monday night pricing neglect. He's only 6,400. I mean, he had 20 carries and six targets on Monday, and, I mean, it's the second time he's had 25-plus opportunities into in three weeks I just think he is a dynamite play even though the matchup looks difficult he just gets the usage he gets the goal line work he gets the targets I know that they're trying to filter uh, uh, some of that work to Williams and Thompson but they just haven't been effective so I think CEH is in play as well you know people are going to say go back to Kenyon Drake I think I'm still going to fade Kenyon Drake and cash I don't think that the Cardinals offense, you know, first of all, I don't think Kenyon Drake is very good. And secondly, I don't think the Cardinals offense is built to just grind out, uh, you know, 100 yards and two touchdowns from their running back. If he breaks 280 yarders, so be it. But he's not going to have a Zeke type game or he's not going to have a Derrick Henry type game where he gets 30 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns. 
It's just not going to happen. And he's not involved in the passing game. So I think I'm going to leave Drake out of my cash considerations again. I mean, I think we could, if Zach Moss is out again, I think we could go to Devin Singletary again, but he's expensive. Then I think we hit a guy that is really in, in consideration, and that's Mike Davis. You know, the Panthers are going to be playing in a, a very much paced up game. Lots of plays, lots of targets to go around. He has had eight receptions in the last game and a half, basically, Mike Davis, um, including a touchdown last week. But he also had 13 carries last week. He's pretty much getting Christian McCaffrey-esque usage, not the exact same. You know, McCaffrey was pushing 27, 30 carries uh, plus targets every week. He had 21. So I think it is definitely doable for for Mike Davis to be in cash lineups, especially in this matchup with the Cardinals who, you know, play so fast and score so much that the the Panthers could have their backs against the wall and we could see a lot of checkdowns for Mike Davis. Um, it looks like James White is going to be back at practice. So I think Rex Burkhead is off the table, though I may have written him up in my 4 for 4 article that will be updated, obviously. Um, but then from there, I, I don't see a ton. I mean, maybe David Johnson, since Duke Johnson's out, he's going to get all the touches. Um, I don't, I'm not probably not going to consider Carlos Hyde, even if Chris Carson is out. I don't think they're just going to automatically turn and start handing him the rock. So that's pretty much it from the running back position. You know, those four or five guys are going to be slotted in. I will almost assuredly use three of those guys in the two running back spots and in the flex spot as well. All right, at wide receiver, we're going to go all the way up to the top. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. I don't know if we could fit him this week. Uh, I think, you know, it's just pretty wild to see the amount of usage he's getting. Um, 37 targets through three weeks caught 32 of them though that's that's the big number that jumps out at me and it's just gaining a ton of yards I think we have to consider going back to Tyler Lockett this week he should be able to you know the thing I really like about Tyler Lockett is he runs every route right he's he plays in the slot runs short to intermediate routes where you know the just first down routes um, quick outs so he'll have a bunch of catches where he's only gaining five to ten yards but then they'll also take those deep shots with him um, in between those those low A dot targets. So he gets a bit of everything, and he I think he's still underpriced at 7K. There is also an ice cream truck going around the neighborhood right now. It's, you know, about 5 o'clock on a Wednesday. And it's basically October, so I guess I can't, you know, be too mad about the weather. If it's hot enough for Groovy Baby, who is the... The ice cream man in, in my neighborhood to be rolling around dishing out his ice cream in basically October can't complain too much about that um, the next guy I want to talk about is Keenan Allen he has basically transformed into Michael Thomas now that Justin Herbert is under center and just ripping the ball his way he has almost 30 targets in the last two weeks not the last three weeks last two weeks 30 targets, 20 catches, over 200 yards, a touchdown, um, just beasting. And I could see it happening again this week. So he is absolutely in play. Robert Woods, you know, 
he is a you know Brandon Ayuk had a lot of success last week against the Giants with manufactured touches. You know they they throw him the jet sweep, they give him the ball on end arounds, they they create these crazy throw throwback screens and bubble screens and smoke screens. They just try to get the ball into his hands at or behind the line of scrimmage and let him work. The Rams do the same thing for Robert Woods. I could see him having success against the Giants, and he is a low A dot, you know, high volume for the most part, target guy that we like to target in cash. Um, I think we could take a look at Terry McLaurin. I mean, listen, if you have, if if you love your lineup and you have fifty eight or fifty nine hundred dollars left, you're going Terry McLaurin. He is getting the requisite targets, right? He's he's basically he basically has nine targets, eight nine targets a game. He you know made Pat Pete look foolish in week two, and last week he did very well against the Browns, securing a touchdown, 125 yards. And I mean, you know, the only worry I have is the pace of this game. I like I don't fear the matchup of the Ravens really. He has shown to, you know, just be able to beat pretty much any matchup. So I think McLaurin's okay. Um the only thing I worry about, you know, the Browns control or excuse me, the Ravens control the clock. He only sees uh, a handful of targets that could definitely be an issue then I think we really have to consider DJ Moore he's come down a bunch to 5600 now listen he had nine targets in week one went four for 54 okay in week two he went eight for 120 dynamite on 13 targets and then last week terrible matchup against the the Chargers only caught two balls on four targets this week against a Cardinals team that's going to really ratchet up the pace. I think he is in line for something more along the lines of that week two outing where he went eight for 120 and at his price, man, oh man, I feel very comfortable rostering DJ Moore in cash this week. From there, I think we look at Hunter Renfro with all the injuries that the Raiders have in that game script with an up-paced Buffalo team. I think Hunter Renfro gets a ton of targets a ton of playing time, and he's he's in that coveted slot role against the Bills where he'll avoid Tredavious White. Pretty much every team has destroyed the Bills out of the slot. Crowder dominated them from the slot. So did Gesicki. And then last week, like we said, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, just avoiding Tredavious White. Whoever lines up in the slot against the Bills usually does pretty well. So I like Hunter Renfro for a salary saver. If you need to save even more on the opposite side of the ball if John Brown is hurt Gabriel Davis rookie with a ton of talent out of central Florida um, you know he's been just pretty electrifying with the ball and you know I think Josh Allen is starting to trust him he's starting to go after him more and he's hauling him passes he looks really good after the catch Um, so I think you know it might be a tad thin but if you love your lineup outside of that then I would run with it at tight end, I think there's two options. Hunter Henry, he's kind of in the same mold as Keenan Allen. Herbert's just targeting him like a madman, so I think he is in play. Probably going to see upwards of eight targets in that matchup against the Bucks. And then, yeah, I think he can go back to Logan Thomas. He's seeing the targets, even though they're not great targets. 
Um, if you need to pay down, I think he is there as well. Also, I think, you know, TJ Hawkinson gets a Saints defense that, um, you know, at 4 for 4 we get these stats from Sports Info and Solution. I don't want to give away all the secret sauce, but let's just say that the Saints uh, have been pretty bad against inline tight ends this year, and Hawkinson has run a ton of routes from that inline you know, hand in the dirt spot, and I think he can eat this week too. So it's between those three for me. On defense, um, you know, defense is pretty bad this week. I think if you can find a way to pay up, I would probably try to do that. But I think I'll be rolling with either the Texans at twenty five hundred or the Bengals at twenty nine hundred. Um, you know, uh, the Vikings have just looked not great on defense. The only thing I do have to say is their run game has looked pretty solid. They have pave some holes for Dalvin Cook, but Kirk Cousins has really not impressed me too much, and I think they can get after him, and he's turned the ball over twice, and I think in every game, that could be wrong about that, but he's been pretty turnover prone, so I like the Texans at 2,500, and then the Bengals against Jacksonville, um, also potentially a decent play but I'm still the jury's still out on defense I'll probably update you guys a little bit more as to who exactly I'm narrowing my pool for defense Um, it's pretty hard earlier in the week I want to see some of the injuries to offensive line defensive line some some skill player injuries that might potentially make something stick out a little bit more but right now I think I have the Texans slotted in I mean I think we could even go with the Redskins man the Redskins are, I think it just sounded like John Gruden there. We can go with the Redskins, man. Um, the the Redskins have the highest adjusted sack rate. And believe it or not, Lamar and the Ravens have one of the worst offensive line adjusted sack rates. And it's probably because, you know, he tries to get a little too cute sometimes, dance around, buy some time. A lot of times he just ends up taking a sack or running out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, which is recorded as a sack. Um, so that's even like at 2,100 bare minimum, I think in GPPs, maybe in cash. Um, but I'll let you guys know about defense a little bit more on the core four and update podcast on Saturday. I will talk to you then.